Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Catch Up Sports Podcast. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. I'm your host, Moses, and welcome to the fifth ever episode of this podcast. I know it's been a while. It's been two weeks. I moved to a new apartment in the in the last two weeks. It's been a very long two weeks, but it was worth it, really. We moved to a better place, so I'm happy it's over. So now I can... I have some time to record for you guys and talk about some sports, NBA, NFL, so let's talk about a couple headlines. So the Brooklyn Nets hired Steve Nash for head coach, as their head coach, and I think it's a huge win because him and Kevin Durant are really close. And also hiring one of the smartest NBA players ever is always a huge win. And also, Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson recently signed a four-year, $160 million extension, $111 million guaranteed. After such a bad season for the Texans, bad offseason, at least, you know, they signed their best player to a long-term deal. So now, what's ahead of us? We're going to talk about my NBA reactions to the first round and second round. Also, prediction season is continuing. We're also going to be talking about the NFC North and AFC South. We're going to be predicting them. And also, my NBA Finals matchup. I'm going to be predicting it. So, let's jump right into it. So, the first round of the NBA playoffs has come to an end. And before I I talk about the conference semifinals matchups, I'd like to point out what happened in the first round. Some special things that happened. So, the first thing is that Luka Doncic is is going to be a huge problem for the NBA in a couple years. I predicted that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George will slow the Luka down in the Dallas Clippers series, and I was terribly wrong. Luka was borderline unstoppable for the entire series. Luka is developing to be a Hall of Famer caliber player in front of our eyes. This Dallas Mavericks team, in a couple years, can be the dynasty. It has that potential. The Mavericks front office just needs to build a solid team around their superstar, Luka Doncic. And you know, when I think about it, this uh, Luka really reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. The first year Patrick Mahomes made the playoffs, he lost in the AFC Championship. Luka lost in the first round. The second year Patrick made made the playoffs, he won the Super Bowl. So regarding Luka, you never know. A new young star in a huge NBA league. The second thing I want to point out is uh, regarding the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets series. So I applaud both teams for providing us a blueprint on a masterclass series. A series that goes back and forth with a comeback. And in Game 7, the superstars perform in the clutch. These superstars make the difference. Don't get me wrong. Neither of these teams would have gone all the way and won a championship this year. I'm just happy of the entertainment value I got out of this series. Well done, Utah, and well done, Denver. The third and final thing I want to point out is regarding the Washington 76ers and their quote-unquote, the process. So, the process is over. The process for the 76ers ended in a complete failure. Elton Brand their GM has completely screwed up years of tanking. Drafting Markel Fultz first overall when you already had a ball distributor in Ben Simmons. They didn't re-sign Jimmy Butler, even though after they traded for him. Then they signed Tobias Harris and Al Horford to huge contracts. 
The problem is the 76ers already have two big men, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Signing two more big men, this team has completely become one-dimensional. This team doesn't stretch the floor. It can't shoot threes. And this doesn't work in the NBA today. Let's look at their starting five. Tobias Harris, a power forward. Ben Simmons, a power forward. Al Horford, a power forward slash center. And Joel Embiid, a center. Also, there's Josh Richardson, a guard. So who's going to shoot threes? Who's going to shoot threes? No one. Years of tanking for an underachieving, one-dimensional, unbalanced team who gets swept by a far better Celtics team in the first round. The process has concluded, and now you have to do it all over again. Now let's move on to the conference semifinals matchups. Let's start with the East. As of recording this, the Celtics and Raptors are tied 2-2 in this series. And to say the least, in my opinion, the Raptors are still in trouble. The Raptors don't have a superstar, while the Celtics have at least two in Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum. In these type of series, you count on your superstars to make the difference. 20 points per game by Pascal Siakam isn't enough. In the final minutes of a close game, who has the ball from Toronto? From the Celtics, it's one of their superstars, Kemba or Tatum. Last season, the Raptors had Kawhi Leonard to perform in the clutch when they eventually got over the hump and won a championship. The Raptors' fatal flaw today is that they don't have a dominant player to lead the team. They're a good team overall, but they don't have a superstar. A championship-caliber team always have at least one superstar. The Raptors, in my opinion, are a good, well-balanced team, even a great well-balanced team. But those teams don't win rings. Celtics in six. Now let's move to the Bucks versus the Heat. As I'm recording this, the Heat are leading the Bucks 3-1 in the series. And I gotta say this, the Bucks are an embarrassment. This team is mentally weak. In game one, in game three, they had an abysmal fourth quarters. Only in game four, they had a great overtime. In game three, they only scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. That's unacceptable. I said it a couple weeks ago. The Bucks aren't a championship team. They have a bad supporting cast around Giannis Antetokounmpo. And also, if I'm already talking about Giannis, Giannis is overrated. A player in this age of the NBA who can't shoot doesn't deserve to be in the conversation of one of the best players in the league. And also, in Game 4, when he got injured and left the court, the team looked better with Chris Middleton stretching the floor and shooting threes. So, in Game 3, Giannis shot 0 from 7 from 3 point in Game 3. In Game 3, Giannis shot 0 for 7 from 3 in a losing fashion. And regarding the Heat, I have nothing but praise. It's fun to see a basketball team play like a team with a lot of heart. Many underestimated the Heat before the playoffs, but Jimmy Butler and the Heat's coach, Eric Spolstra, created a winning culture, and today, they may have a shot to win the Eastern Conference. 
Now, let's shift to the Western Conference. The Lakers versus the Rockets. So, watching Oklahoma City and Houston series was pretty embarrassing for Houston. The Rockets traded many draft picks and Chris Paul for, for Russell Westbrook. And they barely beat the team they traded him for. If the Rockets barely beat the Thunder, they have a very hard chance to beat the Lakers. It's also a bad matchup. It's small ball versus big ball. The Rockets play small ball. The Lakers play bully ball. Players like Anthony Davis will smother the Rockets. Who's going to guard him? P.J. Tucker? That's a really tough assignment for a guy who doesn't have a height of a center. But the Rockets have one big advantage. Every Rockets player is a perimeter shooter. Unless Russell Westbrook. The Lakers don't have a pure perimeter shooter. If the Rockets win the three-point game by a big margin, they have a good shot to advance to the conference finals. Now, let's talk about the Nuggets versus the Clippers. So the Nuggets did have a nice 3-1 comeback against the Jazz, but this is a different team now. This is the Los Angeles Clippers, a championship caliber team. They had a good run, but all good runs come to an end. This offseason, they should add a couple key pieces to contend for a ring next year. But for the Nuggets, they have one advantage over the Clippers. They have a superstar center. And if they rely on Nikola Jokic for the whole series, if he performs like a superstar in the clutch, they may have a chance. A chance. But I'm still taking Kawhi and the Clippers in this series. Now, let's shift to this. The NFL season is less than a week away. I'm so excited, really. It's, it's amazing. This Friday, or this Thursday for you guys who's living in America, the Chiefs will face the Texans and the season will finally start after a very long wait. So now, prediction season is back regarding the NFL season. And today, we're going to be predicting the NFC North and the AFC South. Like previous episodes, I'll be previewing each team by my predicted division standings from worst to first. So let's start with the NFC North. My fourth ranked team in the NFC North is a team from the Windy City, the Chicago Bears. After winning the division title two seasons ago, having one of the best defenses a season later, with a regressing defense and losing key contributors like safety Adrian Amos and defensive coordinator Vic Fangio, with the offense becoming one of the worst offenses in the league with no ability to move the ball downfield, either, neither passing or running, they fell to an 8-8 eight eight record. In my opinion, the biggest transaction this offseason was trading for former Super Bowl champion Nick Foles, quarterback to compete with former second overall pick, bust Mitchell Trubisky. With more losses like wide receiver Taylor Gabriel, linebacker Nick Witowski, defensive end Leonard Floyd, safety haha Clinton Dix, and more, I think this team is worse than last year's team. Especially now that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the day one starter, I don't trust him anymore to lead this team to success. I predict the Bears to finish 6-10, and ten, and of course, they'll miss the playoffs. 
my third ranked team in the NFC North is the Detroit Lions. I feel like the Lions are going in the right direction. In the first couple weeks of last season, they were very competitive, almost beating the Chiefs and the Packers. But then quarterback Matthew Stafford got injured and their season was over. The Lions did trade away star cornerback Darius Slay to the Eagles, but they definitely filled that position by signing cornerback Desmond Trufant in free agency and drafting the best cornerback in this draft class, Jeff Okuda, third overall out of Ohio State. They also signed tackle Halapuliati Vatai and linebacker Jamie Collins. Both will be key contributors next year. The Lions, in my opinion, have the best chance to go from worst to first. But realistically, I predict the Lions to finish 9-7 and and they will miss the playoffs. My second ranked team in the NFC North is a team that made the NFC Championship last season, the Green Bay Packers. The Packers had a very odd season last year. They did finish 13-3 and and made it to the NFC Championship, but they always played down through the competition. The defense was solid, but the offense was inconsistent, especially with halftime adjustments. After an even odder offseason, drafting quarterback Kevin Love, in the first round and drafting running back in the second round, A.J. Dillon. Two positions in no need of reinforcements. They needed to draft wide receiver, but they didn't go there. They also lost starting tackle Brian Bulaga and didn't replace him, and also linebacker Blake Martinez, and they also didn't replace him. There are many questions regarding the Packers this season, but they still have Hall of Fame caliber quarterback Aaron Rodgers, and I personally watched him in person towards the Chiefs' defense last, last, season. last season. I think Aaron can lead this team, and I still predict the Packers to finish 10-6, and six, and they will make it to the playoffs as the sixth seed. My first-ranked team in the NFC North is the Minnesota Vikings. This team has one of the best overall rosters in the NFC. A solid defense with a more solid offense. The Vikings did lose Stephon Diggs when they traded him to Buffalo, but they filled his replacement by drafting Justin Jefferson out of LSU in the first round. They also traded for defensive end Yannick Ngakwe from Jacksonville. The pass rushing duo of Yannick from the edge and the other edge having Daniil Hunter is scary and also quarterback Kirk Cousins is still evolving and developing and to me he's my dark horse to win MVP. I predict the Vikings to finish 11-5 and and they will win the division. Now let's move on to the AFC, the AFC South. So my fourth ranked team in the AFC South is the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's really hard to imagine or to think about it that the Jaguars are just three years apart from an AFC Championship appearance. And all their key assets of that playoff run are gone. Jalen Ramsey, Telvin Smith, Leonard Fournette, Allen Robinson, Calais Campbell, Marquise Lee, and there's more. Only Miles Jack, the linebacker, is still a part of that AFC Championship team that is still on the roster of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
The only bright spot on this team is quarterback Gardner Minshew, who's coming off a solid rookie year. This team is tanking, and it's obvious. It's not a secret. They're not going to be competitive this season at all. I predict the Jaguars to finish 13-3. and three. Uh, Excuse me, 3-13, and 13, and they will miss the playoffs. My third-ranked team in the AFC South is the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, for a couple of years now, are building a young, fully compatible roster and a hungry young roster. And now they're primed to take a step forward in 2020, especially after adding quarterback Philip Rivers in free agency and trading for DeForest Buckner, defensive tackle from the 49ers. Philip Rivers will have a way better season than last year. Won't be as much picks. Just because the simple fact that the Colts have the best offensive line in the league. More time to throw the ball and less pressure equals less turnovers and more completions. I think that's enough said. I predict the Colts to finish 10-6 and six, and they'll make it to the playoffs as the 6th seed. My second ranked team in the AFC South is the Houston Texans. And yeah, I know, the DeAndre Hopkins trade is totally one-sided and is one of the worst trades in NFL history. Okay, now that I got that off my chest, let's talk Texans. Adding Brandon Cooks via trade is a great addition, but he is injury prone. But to me, adding Randall Cobb is a great wide receiver to solidify that slot position, a very important position. But to me, there's three major flaws in this Texans team. They have a bad offensive line, they're still rebuilding it, a mediocre at best defense, and they don't have any physical wide receivers. It'll be interesting to see those flaws transpire throughout the season. I predict the Texans to finish 10-6 and just because they have quarterback Deshaun Watson and they will make it to the playoffs as the fifth seed. My first-ranked team in the AFC South is the Tennessee Titans. The unexpected participant in the AFC Championship last year the Titans became a legit team with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, a dynamic duo. I think the momentum from their previous playoff run will continue this season, but duplicating last year's success will come down to the offense's efficiency. If the duo of Tannehill and Henry will continue to be dominant, the Titans are serious competitors this season. I predict the Titans to finish 11-5 and they will win the division. Now let's move back to the NBA. This is my predicted finals matchup. It's going to be the Celtics versus the Clippers, young versus veteran. So let's talk first about the Clippers. Regarding the Clippers, Kawhi is a great leader. In my opinion, the best player in the league. His playoff production has increased every year. This playoffs, he's averaging 32.3 points per game. And they also have Zubac, Marcus Morris, Paul George, Lou Williams, Montrezaro, and more. They are a great supporting cast for a championship caliber team. Similar to the Toronto Raptors last year. A star with many above average players. The Celtics have an amazing young core that are hungry. The fact that Kemba Walker at 30 years old is the team's veteran 
blows my mind. They really remind me of the Kansas City Chiefs, a young, hungry, lightning speed kind of team. If my prediction is true, and this is our finals matchup, this will be one of the most entertaining finals series in recent memory. A seven game series that could go either way. But I'll make my prediction when the finals start. This is the end of the episode. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you have any friends who likes NFL or NBA, if they're a fan of either, then tell them about this podcast because uh, let's get a larger audience here. We can have a a bigger talk here about sports. And uh, also this podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. So whatever is more comfortable for you to listen. So feel free to listen on all of those platforms. You can also follow the podcast Instagram page at at catchupsportspodcast. You can send me a message. We can talk about anything. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel for additional podcast clips. And yeah, I'll see you guys next time.